0: Hey, Jonah, do you think we're missing intro music?
1: Hell yeah, dude. Let's get some intro music up in here.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Go!
1: Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Jonathan, and I'm joined by my co host, Evan.
0: Hey, I'm Evan. Guys, you better put on your psychological thinking caps. We're going to do Sigmund Freud proud today by talking about.
1: Pavlovian conditioning and other upward conditioning. <laughs>
0: yeah just conditioning in general but you know they're, they're psychological related things which i will say we are very qualified to speak on
1: who's sigmund freud
0: he's like the forefather of psychiatry and study of the human mind
1: okay i thought it was someone completely completely different but we'll just well,
0: who, who did you think it was
1: <laughs> like do you know the dude that makes music um like Mozart, it's like one of those dudes <laughs> it just sounds like the it type depends. of name. That's fine. I don't know. Yeah, no, fair enough. Okay, well, <laughs> we're getting, we're getting, we've are we're already gotten off track. It's, okay, so let's get straight to it. So pretty much we're going to talk about Pavlovian conditioning and operant conditioning, which are two psychological effects. Um, and it's essentially a, a behavior that we have. So for Pavlovian conditioning, it's essentially when you induce a response... Um, through repetitive exposure to a stimulus. This comes from uh, Ivan Pavlov's experiments um, with his dogs, the Pavlov's dogs, if you may have heard of them. Um, This is not to be confused with Igor Pavlov, the founder of 7-Zip, (laughs)
0: <laughs> Very similar names though.
1: <laughs> so pretty much um, Ivan did these experiments with his dogs in which he would give them food and he, or there'll be a bell rung beforehand. So eventually the dogs were conditioned to respond to the bell ringing.
0: Exactly. And so it pretty much made it so every time he would ring the bell, he would give them food. And then in the future, if he were to ring the bell and not give them food, they would still like salivate and be expecting the treat. Right. So yeah. they've been conditioned when they hear that bell to want food.
1: Which is in itself is like it's pretty crazy and i think it's something that i guess now you could if you really thought long and hard about something like this you could probably be okay like, hey, it's crazy that when i'm when i'm doing this like say for example if you like if you see food and you smell food and you salivate when you see or smell food but then if the food's not there and you just smell it and you start to like salivate you're like oh man
0: even like visual stimulus if you just see food on the tv or something you're saying oh man that looks good that's part of it that's, that's kind of why as well i can't watch cooking shows because i it, you do not get to eat it or smell it or anything <laughs> you're
1: just watching watching them make it you're there like it's a sucker it's torturous <laughs> actually, um, actually one thing with this is that you well we, we, we all mentioned food but it the idea is is that it's tied to a biologically like in like exciting stimulus so like something like food or anything that you inherent like innately want
0: yeah exactly but that said it doesn't always have to relate to something that is good and a good example of this is from the book a clockwork orange and probably known from the the stanley kubrick movie uh they use something called the Ludovico technique and i'm sure this is something that a lot of people have seen parodied in other like pieces of media as well where it's somebody who's hooked up to a machine that like holds their eyes open and they're forced to watch all these uh graphic um Sort of videos and things and what happens in the book is he's fed something that makes him really nauseous and so he's forced to watch these things and this conditions him in the future to not be violent because he's watched all these violent things and now he associates it with he associates it with that um feeling of nausea and so it can be used in like a negative connotation as well
1: and and yeah it's 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 not so, i guess in that way it's like weapon no i don't want to say weaponized but it's used with like direct well
0: obviously that's a really extreme example of it <laughs> but it's
1: it's something that just it happens naturally like it just happens in multiple ways throughout like one's like your lifetime like it will if whether or not it's intentional or not it's just something that we can't avoid it just it's it's natural in saying that there are situations where this reaction is not ideal so for example when uh if you want to take drugs or uh, it's partake in certain addictive behaviors uh, you can end up conditioning yourself to feel and experience the sensations of having the drug um, even if you're in the same location wearing the same clothes with the same people or anything that sort of ties you to that behavior you partook in if it was repetitive and consistent for an example um, a lot of people when they when they go to a location they used to smoke at like a after like a, a work smoke break location they'll get their cravings and their withdrawal symptoms like skyrocket because their brain is, when they go there, their brain's like, you always smoke when you go here. You have to smoke now. And so it's really difficult for people trying to recover from addiction to break away if they're in the same routine, the same lifestyle that they were previously in. Um, and yeah, it's like it all it happens to everything, even with alcohol. It's like, it's a thing that it happens in social events when people, if they drink in social, certain social situations, that they'll they'll feel the same way and have those withdrawal symptoms come about again and that can be detrimental right it can ruin your like recovery if you're recovering from addiction it's it's a dangerous thing
0: yeah for sure um and this is like distinct from it being the actual chemical addiction that these people have it's sort of just a trigger that sort of feeds back into memories of that so it's not directly the um, addiction.
1: Uh, yeah, that's that's, that's Pavlovian conditioning. It's and it's a, and it's a lot more detail to it than what we could ever go into.
0: I, I think we gave pretty extreme examples, but we're talking about like our own personal experiences a little bit after. But. Yeah, I'm sure these sorts of things, they are pretty ubiquitous in our own lives. And there would be like a lot of manifestations of them, even if they're really small, that you'd never think about. It's sort of just something you take for granted and like, is something you interact with on every day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's like, and, and for the most part, it doesn't, it can be just a conditioning that like once it's gone, maybe it does nothing. You're just like, oh, I used to, uh, I'm expecting this or that or whatever. You might notice it or you might not notice it. Um, Evan, would you like to tell us about operant conditioning?
0: Yes, so on the converse to Pavlovian conditioning, operant conditioning is instead of Pavlovian conditioning where the stimulus becomes bef- comes before, right? So like you hear the bell ring and then you want to do something. So operant conditioning is where the stimulus comes after. So what that means is it could relate to something as it could be like either positive or negative reinforcement of a certain behavior. So like either, you know, being rewarded with something or being punished. The main theory of this came from a guy called Skinner and he made something called the Skinner Box. And what this was, was a box that they could test with like a rodent, like a rat or something. They would train them to pull a lever inside this box and it would reward them with food, right? So they would do something and they would be rewarded positively. And so then in the future they would like behave, they would know like if they pull the lever they get food, right?
1: It wasn't technically that they trained the rat per se, but it's more that the rat would eventually figure out on its own. So it's more like they just let it kind of learn and realize that if you pull the lever, you get food. And then it can, the Skinner Box kind of just enables any researcher to kind of have the ability to figure out like, oh, so if, the, if we want the rat to, or we want the subject to do this, um, reward them if they do it right. But then also if they miss it or they don't do it correctly, then punish them.
0: Well, sort of, yeah. Well, the idea of it is it's... yeah, it's an enclosed box that you can easily see these effects from. So that, that's sort of like where it's come from, but it applies to humans as well, and this probably crops up in a lot of places in real life as well, so... One main um, part of it is I would say it gets used for like malicious intent quite a bit in things like a lot of the media that you would look at. So Netflix or YouTube, for example, they have a specific algorithm that's designed to continue to recommend you more shows based on what you've watched, right? So it wants to keep, like, they the point of these platforms is they want to keep you on there and keep you watching things, so it sort of just gets into a loop of, you know, you're there and, like, you watch a show, and so it'll, like, sort of reinforce that behavior by recommending you more shows and, like, getting you to stay there. And this is done in games a lot as well, they just have gameplay loops that are, like, you know, you do this and you get XP and that's good, so, like, you get to progress in the game, and so you want to keep doing that, and it keeps going. Um...
1: It's also, like, one thing as well is that most people experience this kind of effect in a more, like, kind of stand way from just, like, being raised. When your parents tell you, oh, do this, and you don't do it, and then they they'll they reprimand you or whatever it's like just in that kind of relationship that's in self it will lend itself to kind of operant conditioning
0: or, or it could be like through experience like if you touch a stovetop and it's hot you get burned right and it hurts mm-hmm. so you'll know in the future not to touch yeah. a stovetop
1: so, so it's very much like it's ingrained in like how we learn things and it, it's it's a very important like kind of um conditioning behavior but also to the end like Evan was mentioning that it has it has and does get used in a way in kind of the marketing material that we're exposed to and the things that we see on the, in the internet in the modern day and I think that if we haven't already scratched the surface we're like digging like as, as, as like a collective society of knowledge we're digging way deep into the potential that utilizing effects and like human aspects like these can give for like getting people to do things
0: yeah for sure um definitely in marketing things as well i guess that relates to what i was talking about with like uh, video recommendation services but it could probably be used pretty easily for like political campaigns or whatever just to provide targeted advertising to people based on what they do uh so this also feeds into like addiction like we were talking about uh, before so obviously this would kind of be like the main part of an addiction right because you uh, it it well, like it doesn't have to apply to something negative. It could be just eating food, even as like a really innocent example. Like you eat food and it like tastes nice, right? It has like sugar in it and things, and so you get reinforced that it's like it's good to eat food, but obviously that's not always the case. You can overeat. With that said, it doesn't really always have to be used with malicious intent. It's sort of just something that our brains do on a regular basis. For example, like if you're learning to play an instrument. Um, you'd like have a series of notes that you want to play, right? And if you play them wrong, it sounds awful. And so you'll sort of like negatively connotate that with, you know, it's wrong. And so you like reinforce yourself to play it right. And sort of that can be applied to anything like learning, going through any learning process, you learn from your mistakes and you get better, right?
1: And actually, I think it actually, another aspect to consider is it comes down to the person on the level of that, how quickly they learn from these kind of, Um, behaviors right so Mm -hmm. if you are learning an instrument like not to like to, to kind of lump them in a group I guess like hard workers would be able to put more time into something and like really I guess if they're like considering it in the right way like reflecting on like what they do and stuff and be able to like learn more from each like like negative or positive like reaction right or like reinforcement and so I guess it kind of like, it, it's interesting to think about the, the the rate at which people learn, even, like, even when they're given the same kind of stimulus, like, if two people are reprimanded in the same way and who actually picks it up and goes further and more.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, I know what you mean. That's actually a really good point. It's sort of uh like an indicator of intellect even i'd say because if you are able to like every time you do something wrong you're able to implement a change immediately to try and fix that problem i think you're going to be a lot better off than somebody who just does the same thing over and over again and expects different results
1: natural selection at work is like if you burnt your hand on the stove and it's like (laughs) do you do it again and die or do you just (laughs) avoid the danger the, the hot thing
0: Very dramatic.
1: (laughs) That was that was fairly dramatic. I was gonna actually I was actually gonna even ask me like if a lion rips your arm off, are gonna let let it rip off the other arm? But yeah, I have no experience of lions nor my arms being ripped off, so I didn't want to kind of open that can of worms. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But one, I guess, like I guess like going uh, being through uni and all that, you see like a wide variety of people who. Who take on their education at varying levels and some people who are like yearning and absolutely will do anything for that little bit of that feedback and that motivation it's just that just that reinforcement of telling them if they're doing something right or wrong and there's there's some people who just completely just are self-motivated and they'll sort of just do things in their own little routine.
0: Uh, so you're saying like the difference between the stimulus coming either from yourself telling you that it's wrong or the stimulus coming from like you asking somebody else if what you did is wrong.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that's like, like perfectly pertinent to the, to these like, like psychological effects, but I guess like in a way they are, but it's, yeah, it's just kind of like what becomes, what's the best reinforcement or like what's the best, um, like, well, for Pavlovian conditioning, that's, I guess it's not really, as is relevant because it's more just about the repetition of that stimulus but in like operant conditioning it's about that reinforcement and its meaning to you i guess so like considering Mm -hmm. like what that means to you like like if 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 someone told you you did a bad job like would you care as much if it came from like your friend or your teacher or versus like some random on the street like you know like do you know what i mean it's
0: well yeah that's i know what you mean that sort of takes into other factors like what your opinion of the person telling you what you've done or like whether it's good or bad is because you know if you regard their opinion highly obviously it's going to have more of an impact on you whereas i feel like if you yourself are telling you that you've done something wrong or right you truly believe that
1: yeah exactly so it's and and maybe this is a little bit of a tangent it's thinking about how this kind of like it plays out in your life i guess and like obviously, like like we mentioned before, in the, like the dozens of examples that it's you've, you've been conditioned one way or the other through various things, whether it's for the better or for the worse of you as a person, such as learning an instrument or being exposed to s- certain ads and designed to buy a product. What 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 best influences us, and what what are the ways that most motivate us to do better? Is that is that, yeah, is that sure. getting a bit too? Well, I don't
0: know. No, I, I think it's pretty relevant, yeah, because it's interesting seeing because some people are obviously a lot more self motivated than others, right? Not trying to call anybody out, but it 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 would sort of be due to this stuff like having inherently been drilled into you. I don't know if it's whether like in your upbringing whether you're used to you know having to do stuff for yourself or getting help from others and being coddled. It would shape the way you do things in the future. Wait,
1: I've just I've, I've just thought of something. All right, here's here's the so what if you condition someone. To be more easily conditionable and so it like it's like recursively feeds back on itself and you just make them so like susceptible to conditioning that you instantly can like make them do whatever you want
0: you have ultimate that's called brainwashing i'm fairly certain
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right i've invented brainwashing all right, i'm gonna exactly. go i'm going commercial <laughs>
0: it's just mind control or something <laughs> that's yeah it. i know but do you think you can condition yourself to be more conditionable i mean
1: I I mean I guess you <laughs> It kind well, of actually sounds like truth serum when i think about it like to be more susceptible for people telling you what to do or whatever it's just uh
0: well it doesn't necessarily have to be other people telling you what to do it could just be for yourself like do you think you yourself can take steps to make yourself be able to learn things better just be more mindful of like going through a process trying to like really um make a structured way of doing it. it's like if i do something wrong make a drastic change based on the drastic change you know maybe fine tune it and see yeah it, i feel like it's sort of just like your own self teaching telling you
1: how to learn yeah. better oh no it's a, it's a self-reflective process and i think it comes down to you as a person deciding hey this is this is what happened this is what ran. it's like how what every professional um at any sort of sport or game or activity does like they when you're when you're trying to get be the best at something you 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 spend that time you sit down you look at yourself and you think what did i do wrong how do I, how do i do better and all the, all the little things and you're just refining that and honing that like relentlessly nonstop. And I think in, in itself, that's that's quite an arduous process that, you know, not many people can do. And I guess it's, it's because it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to train. And like I said before, it's hard to beat, you, beat your brain at its own game. You know what I mean? Like it's your, your, your brain will work in a certain way. And there's only so many things you can do to kind of beat its like inherent like wiring.
0: Yeah, for sure, I know what you mean. Because, like, if this stuff in general is hard, kind of your brain is adverse to it and it doesn't want to do it. But if you're telling it it has to and, like, you overcome it, it's sort of going against what you would instinctively think. So, I don't know. Doesn't that mean that you're going against your conditioning?
1: Yeah, well, I guess you can end up, like, training your mind to do whatever. You're
0: training your mind to go against... You're conditioning it to go against its own conditioning.
1: yeah. I mean, maybe maybe we're taking this in a whole like different, like like, irrelevant, like incorrect tangent. But I think it's like, it's just like thinking about it from like what we know. I think it's, you know, there's possibilities here. I can invent mind control. control. I mean, we got the the electrical engineer going to make a little bit. What what are they called? Those, Those things, those caps where they put the electrodes in them and they zap people. Is that a thing?
0: Uh, I know what you mean. I don't know the name for it. Sorry, they didn't go over that in my degree, sadly.
1: Right, I well, must I'm, have missed that course. <laughs> I'm going to call them the electrical swim caps. So okay. We're going to mass produce a bunch of electrical swim caps. Uh, have, a, have a tryout. Like get a free electrical swim cap. Zap everyone. Boom. Conditioned. That's exactly how it works.
0: Speaking of extremely realistic (laughs) applications of these in our real lives, can you think of any places that these, either of these conditionings, have like manifested themselves in your day to day?
1: Oh, like I think I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, right? Like the um, when you salivate when you see food, or when Mm you when you think of food or whatever. And like I don't know if it's exactly the case, but when it's late at night, I actually I used to really love to just like I needed to go to like hit the gym. I had to hit the gym late. I couldn't do it during the day. I would not feel like I'd be so not in the mood to move about but it hits like 11 12 2 a.m not that it's those are the best times to go but my 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 my, i was just itching i was like i was antsy and like i i think it's literally because every single time i just come home and sit in that like location where i'm just sitting there watching movies it's like i'd always get up get my gear on and go at the same time every day five days a week Oh, every weekday five days a week so i guess like i think that counts as
0: i'd say that falls in the pavlovian camp yeah Yeah. but i don't know if it's the healthiest thing you like when you come home and you're tired from work and then all of a sudden you get all this adrenaline like oh man i gotta go and do exercise
1: yeah it's 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 not.
0: <laughs> it's not it's not I, I was gonna
1: say like like defend it i'm like oh. no it's not it's not I mean, and and that's what i was saying before it's like it's just it's kind of just a human a human aspect that we can't necessarily control whether it does good or bad in our lives but mm-hmm. i think like we mentioned a lot of things that we talk about just being aware of them i think gives a great power to you that you you're able to realize that this is what's happening and this is why you feel the same way sometimes.
0: Hold that thought Jono, a word from our sponsor.
1: Finance is scary.
0: What is money? Why do we need it? Is my business going to fail? Am I a failure? If you ask yourself these questions every waking minute of your life, we can help. Got stocks? Buy high, sell low. Struggling to make ends meet? Taxes are for chumps. Looking to make your next investment?
1: Invest in Bitcoin.
0: And if you're looking to liquidate your assets, We'll hydrate, hydrate you. you. Call Roop And Ekob. Financial, financial consultants, consultants today. today. So anyways, I have like one rather extreme example. I think it also falls in the Pavlovian camp, but you can be the judge of that. Um, my The alarm that I use on my phone, obviously you don't really associate that with very positive things because, you know, it means <laughs> you got to get up and go out into the cold world. Um, <laughs> and so one time I'm in public and I hear that somebody's phone alarm goes off and it's the same alarm that I use and it's just like a shiver runs down my spine and all of a sudden you know I'm going into fight or flight territory and it's just the worst feeling ever yeah
1: I've had that too that's crazy
0: exactly so I'd say like you've been conditioned to really hate that sound and I know people as well who've set their like wake up alarms to a song that they liked little did they know now they hate it I wonder why
1: yeah it's just absolutely just tying it to the worst like part of like most people's day
0: (laughs) exactly i think that's the fastest way to ruin something for yourself but um some people use like these wake up lights so it's just like a light that slowly like fades in and it's supposed to wake you up from like you know there being a light source next to you yeah i hope that wouldn't ruin light for you because i like being in the sun
1: (laughs) well actually i don't know if it's like what the actually the research behind this is but i noticed that at least on like newer phones the alarms like they fade in they don't just go like oh, really Okay. they 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 then i think i don't know how to describe it musically but they they're not sharp notes they're very it's it's it's
0: it's like yeah so, yeah you're saying it's like gentle and smooth yeah so but it's like oh i kind of feel like that wouldn't really make a difference because there's always going to be i feel like you're always jolted awake you go from being not asleep to being fully awake right it's no. there's like a distinct point where you become awake
1: I mean, if we're going to talk about sleep and go into that path, it's like there's heaps of levels of sleep. It's like it's it's, and I think we could even do a whole episode on sleep. But it's it's this, from what I vaguely remember, it's this you can be in like a deep sleep and this. And there's like as you kind of hear stimulus outside, uh, we like slowly get more and more awake. So it's like when you have that shock, like like someone like claps and like shakes you awake that's when you jump into action, like, you get an adrenaline rush and you're just ready to like charge whoever it is. But then if it's like slowly and lulls you up, then it's like the most kind of quote-unquote natural because it's like getting you slow, like not jarring, it's not very jarring. It's not like pushing you out of all those levels to sleep.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's all we had to talk about uh, today. Evan, would you like to wrap up?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So hopefully from this, you can, you know, figure out why every time you walk into your bathroom, you taste <laughs> tooth I guess. I don't know. It's I hope people aren't example. doing that.
1: Like, Are you t- do you do that?
0: Well, I, <laughs> I don't, don't know. T- well, like, like you, you get the smell. I don't know. Do you think like you can get associative smells? Like you walk in a place and you expect the smell?
1: But I don't... Can I don't, I you
0: imagine? Yeah. I, don't, I haven't conditioned anyway. this to... <laughs> Continue. <laughs> this has been a little derivative. I hope you've derived a little enjoyment from this podcast. Uh, I've been Evan. And I've been Johnny.
1: Bye!